welcome to the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Holly. And I'm Luke. And today we're very excited to have a guest all the way from the other side of the world in Australia. Uh, we're going to be talking to Matt, the founder of Gatherby. We're really excited to go international today and balance and juggle time zones to bring you a conversation with Matt. So here it is. Good morning. Sorry, I like aggressively, aggressively loud. <laughs> okay, so we are very excited this morning to introduce our guest, who is... Oh, it's Matt. It's Matt Blomfield. It's Matt, coming live from Australia. So we are doing a very snazzy inter-time zone recording situation here. We've gone truly international. I'm going to give my Holly version of Matt, and then Matt will give an actual version of Matt. So I met Matt six or seven years ago when I was living in Australia, and um, I sent him a little message on Airbnb to say, ooh, I would like to stay at your house in Sydney, but um, I don't like the price. Yeah, you did. That's right. I remember that now. You were, you got it down to like half price and you ended up staying something like, what, a year? Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens. She kind of like finds a little chink in the armour and oh. like then negotiates her way in. And then suddenly you realise you've got like some kind of lodger that will eat all your honey. Well, uh, eat all the honey. The appetite on this uh, this um, <laughs> wonderful being is is amazing. I've never seen anything really like it. The capacity also, to consume food, the capacity to consume alcohol, and and the capacity to stay like at length out at night times is kind of like superpowers that I hadn't seen before. So um, it was uh, slightly it was terrifying. To, Oh, slightly. (laughs) Superhuman power that you're describing there. So let's return to that. Um, (laughs) So what can I say? Matt taught me about bees, honey, life, the environment, how to just be a very cool person living in the world. Matt, can you introduce yourself more formally? Thank you. More formally, my my background um, really was not fitting into much and, 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 and creating things. So um, I came from a technology background where very young I became CEO of a publicly listed company and when I was in my mid-20s and way before I knew what I was doing. Um, and then it was around, you know, innovation in technology. Um, then finally it ended up um, living... Um, in New York, in uh, working in information security and running a little public company from uh, from there, and universes um, implode, life changes, and um, back and um, started to really think about um, our food security and and our health and wellness as not only just as a singularity, but as a, a collective uh, in a collective form. Now what I'm doing is a is a culmination of all my life's experience, and it really does sit around health, wellness, around uh, life on this planet, and what we need to do to to uh, to exist here and thrive, and creating abundance, joy, and love. I love that, and I love that Holly's introduction said taught me about life and bees and stuff, but <laughs> Matt went into talking about singularity, and yeah. I felt that we went down a really deep path, 
even despite Holly's introduction, which I love. About bees. So in terms of what's the what's the one of the most important things around our food out there? It's that the bee, the, the pollinator. We've got seventeen hundred Australian native bees that, that pollinate, plus the European honeybee. So it started around that and what we need to do to save the bees. Some people might not really realise quite how important those bees are. Can you just summarise how important bees are, please? Well, bees pollinate 90% of the crop species feeding 70% of the world population or some amazing statistic like that. Uh, without it, we'll, you know, we won't be eating the diversity of foods that we need as a, as a human to, to, to thrive. We'll be having monoculture plantings. It'll be, you know, our habitat will be lost. The bird life will go. Everything will go if we lose our insects and our pollinators. So it is at the top of the, the, the pyramid when, when you consider, you know, when you consider food security, like true food security, where does our food come from? It's not good in the hands of corporations. We know that. It's not working. We've got to bring the family farmer back to the farm. We've got to, and, uh, you know, we've, we've got to make sure that we, uh, we have our, our pollinators to pollinate the food. So, you know, I was saying, you know, I started earlier, was that bees are dying all around the world. They're dying from this deadly mite called Varroa destructor. It's a, it's a mite that sort of connects to the carapace of the bee and, you know, sucks it out and, we don't have that in Australia. We're the only country on this planet free of this, this deadly mite. And um, to do beekeeping in any other country, you need to use chemicals and antibiotics and everything to keep bees alive. And uh, we, uh, we wanted to, well, wanted to start out by creating a business that would save the bees rather than an ideological thing of, Let's go, you know, walk the streets and save the bees. Actually, what we can do to save the bee, what we can do then to create new new ways of agriculture that, you know, we need to adopt here in Australia because of our topsoil and our conditions of with climate change um, upon us, what we need to do to uh, to be able to survive these uh, these coming decades. So it sounds like Australia is almost like a little safety bee bubble. It is. It's also the canary in the cage with climate change. So we've got that, you know, those, those two um, fighting each other. Um, Varroa is in New Zealand. That's only a little, you know, sailing, you know, trip across that little um, uh, sea there. So, you know, we are, we are concerned. So what we set about to do is to bring money into the beekeeping industry. And by doing that, you know, set out to you know, to build uh, a business that connected with the, the community so that they could benefit from it, uh, that connected with the environment. So we've had a land clearing epidemic here in Australia for the last 40 plus years. Um, we've got to get plants, trees back in the ground. Unfortunately, we're, we're still being allowed to grow large areas of cotton, a very water-intensive crop. Now, we're, you know, we're a very, very dry continent down here. It's ridiculous. We've just cleared 30,000 hectares of beautiful, pristine bushland to grow almonds, the most water-intensive crop of anything in the driest state of the driest continent on Earth. 
So we're doing completely the opposite of that. We're planting trees to produce a, um, a very, very high-end medicinal and therapeutic honey. And by doing that, we, you know, we can save the bees. We can bring income to the community. We can grow back the habitat, which we lost in 2019 with the fires. Uh, well, we, we came off a three-year drought. We then went into a year of fires. Um, after the fires, we had the floods. Um, the floods washed the last. At this point, oh, it is. It's it's. We're, you know, I mean, we are in, in dystopia. You know, we are in a time where action is required now. It's it's not tomorrow. Whatever it's, we've got to do, we have got to change it ourselves because nobody's going to do it. So that's where we set out to. You know, a grand plan. Uh, six years ago, where we researched and tested thousands and thousands and thousands of Australian native bushes for a particular molecule in the nectar, and uh, we then uh, we then worked out that Australia can produce this manuka honey that um, New Zealand has um, so grown so um, so large in their beekeeping industry, and uh, it's all from an Australian native bush over there that they call manuka. So we've got uh, 87 varieties of this bush over here, which we've now identified as being active, that we're planting back in the ground on this cleared land, growing these pollinator havens to keep bees healthy and well. And uh, with that, we're producing a, uh, a, a medicinal and therapeutic honey, which is the strongest in the world, that is antibiotic, it's antibacterial, and it's antiviral. So uh, we work with three leading research institutions here. We're looking at the actions of the antiviral nature of the, uh, of the honey, the antibacterial nature, which is tested up to 80 different pathogenic bacteria like the MRSA superbugs. So here we have a natural product that we can produce from Australian bushland that doesn't use the water of almonds, gets a higher return than cotton, and we can replant back our native bushland while creating these pollinator havens, restoring the soil and producing this honey that saves lives. And um, it's a complete closed loop regenerative farming model for, for bees to keep bees well and to produce, sustainably produce this very highly active, high value honey. Um, so you were talking a lot about how things relate to one another and um, how we how we and the bees need each other in this sense, perhaps. And for us, when we've been exploring what well-being look like, looks like, we've begun to kind of flesh out that actually all of this is part of a kind of a connected web. Everything's interconnected and we can't, as humans, thrive or be well without the environment thriving and being well. And at this point, the environment can't thrive and be well unless we start changing. Or, I mean, we could just all disappear and that would be great for the environment. But unless we start doing something proactive, the environment can't thrive and be well. And what really struck me when you were just speaking now, Matt, is you were articulating that in the relationship between people, humanity and bees and the need for both to find that relationship again would you say that's what well-being means to you, kind of seeking kind of that relationship between those different pieces in, in our world? 
you nailed it. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, in us, it's the food that we eat. What are we putting in our mouths? What are we thinking? You know, what are our, what are our thought processes like? What's our activity? Are we sedentary? Are we sort of, you know, do we move? Are we, are we active? That, the health is, you know, the four doctors, if I get this right, eat right, move right, think right, and act right. That, that keeps you healthy. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I'd just been to a doctor, but I hadn't been for 10 years. I think the last time I was in hospital, I had to take Ollie there because she hurt her finger. I cut and, my finger uh, half off. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite a, um, it was quite, it was quite a dusty little cut. But um, so the, um, <laughs> so you're the, laughing uh, at the pain I had to endure there, Matt. I'm laughing at the difference between the description between Holly saying I cut my finger half off and Matt saying, yeah, it was, it was quite a, a cut. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was a cut. Yeah, no, it was a cut. It, 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 I've it, actually it, still it, got the scar attention. on my finger, so uh, yeah, I'll have you yeah. know that. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, good, good to remember the moment by. So the uh, you know around your own health is it's completely a closed loop model. What I went to say before I got distracted was I I haven't been to a doctor for so so many years and I didn't need to and I've just um, and that comes from you know what you put in your mouth you know how you see your challenges you know that's around health and wellness you know it's not what's happening to you it's it's just there it's you know you observe it you move by it who are you attracting right now and why are you attracting that you know is really uh, your your health and wellness luke and i had come up with this because we've sort of talked about the environment and me and that interconnectivity but we'd also added on others and I think that's kind of what you've been talking about in terms of gather by Matt and actually in life that we've got to have that third part as well. There's no good just, you know, me caring about the environment and having that relationship because we're not individuals. Right. We actually have like a collective responsibility. And and when you work with others, that's only in growing something bigger and more beautiful. And get, that's exactly right. Gather by its very name is gathering, gathering the people. It's Gather by what we've got now is, you know, we're exporting our honey into six countries. We've got plantings. We've got replantings. But that didn't. That's not from me. It's from the others, the people that you attract around you. So that making that healthy system that you you exist in and 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 attracting and that's 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 the bee colony, right? If you look at a bee yeah. colony. It's it's amazing how it works as a single superorganism. There, you know, it's mostly, you know, females in the in the beehive. They they all go out. They've got their purpose. They get out there and they've got to collect a particular food to bring back to the the the, the organism to keep it healthy. They can communicate where a source of plant is by doing a dance, a geometric waggle dance. They call it. Those ladies that are paying attention at the time can watch this dance and go, oh, yeah, right, I know where that is. I'm going to go and, you know, get it. So they've got this amazing communication system. They've got their amazing guards at the front keeping the drones out. A healthy bee colony is a healthy environment where we've got diversity in our plants that we need, that they need, that life needs. They've got the right diet. They've got everything around their purpose, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw Holly do a geometric waggle dance on Saturday night. 
Oh, I've seen plenty of them, but you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to follow the direction of that local dance. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of feeling like, how can we be more be like? And I was just thinking, Matt, that how as humans we just seem to miss the spot with communication, okay. and that's something we're always striving for, right? Is communication with others but just in a small way just communicating with one other person can be so complex but somehow bees have got it down and is that something that we're really missing oh my gosh now that that is a very very good question and communicate deep if i was to bring it into a bee thing it would be to have purpose each bee there has a purpose you have passion driving this i'm going to make it happen and i'm going to do it for all of us um, there's no I in a, in, a, in a bee. The only thing the bee's doing is helping that whole thing. A bee will go and sting a bear or a human, you know, and they'll die from it. They're okay with that. Their purpose, mm-hmm. you know, and their, is, is to look after the community. Our tagline of, you know, gather by community, environment, healing. And I think community, what's happening? What can I do to improve the community? What can I create in the community? What's What can I do for the environment? You know, what can I do for yeah. all of our healing, the healing for our earth? And everybody, everybody takes that little step. My gosh, like we did in this, um, this whole corona thing, we can mobilise the world like that. We can. If we did it for, for the climate change, my gosh, we could, we could all be planning a very, very long multi-generational life on this pale blue dot but not the way we're heading i think a lot of people have lost sight of that sense of kind of almost collective responsibility to one another and to our world um and i think when you start talking about stuff like that people can roll their eyes a little bit and be like oh well you know what it's it life is hard and i need to look after myself and i don't you know I need to go and buy this because it's accessible in terms of cost or just it's in the supermarket and I can pick it up and it's packaged and ready for me. When I want to go on holiday, I want to go somewhere nice and pretty. And if that means I have to fly there, then that's what I'm going to do. And so there's a real sense of this this idea of looking out for each other and the world in this kind of collective ecosystem has really been lost, I think. Um, and when you start talking about it, people tend to kind of, roll their eyes a little bit and be like, oh, okay, fine, get back on your hippie bandwagon. But what I'm hearing you talk about is actually this is really beneficial if you just want to look at it from a purely selfish level. It's actually really beneficial for you as a person as well as the um, collective environment too. You, you, you're describing how you you know, you know haven't been to a doctor in, in, in 10 years and lifestyle and general well-being. All of these things have fitted together for you. And I think what I'm hearing you saying is that your life is better for it. Oh, by by um, exponentially. It's where you put your money, you know, where you put your energy and your money. You know, if I'm buying stuff, it doesn't take too much to turn around and you know buy hemp over cotton. You can you can buy organic. You eat less food. It's, you, you put the right food in your mouth in the right quantities to your right metabolic type. You'll feel better. Now you can have that save the world view. Do it. Um, make money because you remember I said right from the start we had to bring mm. money into the beekeeping industry. Well, we have. Rather than beekeepers get paid, you know, five dollars fifty a kilo for their honey, we've just taken delivery of honey from one of our beekeepers. 
where we paid $100 a kilo. The beekeepers are going, great, we've worked out how to preserve all the beneficial enzymes in this really amazing um, honey and then how to get it out there into, you know, into people's stomach or on their sores or wounds or whatever. I didn't start off to produce this honey. I started off trying to bring the family farmer back to the farm. Holly was all around that, you know, six years ago. It was when we started this this company. It was all the early stages of formation and how it was all going to work. I had no idea the steps that I was going there, but I did know what I needed to know, and that was... I had my own vision for my life. I connected the dots of all my experiences and the good, the bad, and the horrible and the and the amazing and tried to do something in, in, in life. And um, that's wellness to me. When I was first in Australia, I could see Matt had so much knowledge and passion. And you had this sense, Matt, like you knew yourself, you knew the journey you'd been on, you knew what you desired for yourself but for the world and for your community around you and you put that into place the first relationship we really need to have is with ourselves and from that we're able to make this relationship with community with the environment with the world probably these bees know themselves well they know what they're doing and we need to be like that as well we do and, and that's exactly right i mean what you do how you do it is is up to you. you you don't necessarily know how you're going to get there but you just got to have your own vision what do i want to be here for and to be able to do that you have to have that introspection i had two years on my boat i went deep into that and i wouldn't have been able to do that with you because i wouldn't have been able to think about the community i was only thinking about how i was going to survive but once you're at that point of may i may not survive you you then start thinking about the i goes to we very quickly and the i then disappears completely and the the we happens and we is abundance and it is the creation of you know peace joy and, and love that we all want so how can others get stuck in then you've read for me you've painted a picture of okay well i want to be involved in the honey movement the bee movement i mean i was a convert anyway prior but hearing you speak today has made me want to do more so what can others listening do to get involved not only with what you're producing what you guys are doing at Gatherbide, but also in terms of the world and protecting bees and all of that great stuff uh, well, there's some great movements in the in the UK um, going on. There's rooftop movements. You know, grow the plants that the bees love. Grow plant diversity. Start with, you know, start with that. Buy honey from a beekeeper. Don't buy cheap honey in supermarkets. It's been heated up. It's pasteurized. When that happens, it becomes toxic to your dip gut. It's just like a processed sugar. So buy your honey from a beekeeper. Bees need our beekeepers. You're one pound. Where are you going to spend it? I think consumers have felt a little bit disempowered and like, oh, my my contribution doesn't make a difference. You know, my, my shopping happen, habits don't bring about change. Uh, but on the news this week, I saw um, the there is a, a new bookseller that's been launched first in the US, but now in the UK, that is giving money back to local booksellers um, and is tra- is out to challenge Amazon. And I think actually consumers saying, you know, where we put our money is really powerful. 
what I hear you saying is exactly that. You have, you know, your one pound, your one dollar actually has the power to bring about change. Major change, major change, all of us. That's all it needs around the world. It's that grassroots movement. How can people engage with Gatherby? Where can they find you online, on social, um, and where can they get your products? Uh, well, you can go to gatherby.org. We, um, we are um, looking to, um, to sell in the UK where we have EU accreditation of our, of our facilities, so we're selling into, um, into Germany at the moment. Buy enough, um, and we can ship it over to you. And we are, um, we have um, Insta and uh, and Facebook. I think it's uh, Gather by Bees. Can I just say it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Matt. Thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to see our early morning faces. Thank you, Matt. We really appreciate uh, your time and your energy. And we definitely feel motivated and inspired to keep going out there and bringing about that change on an individual level. It's really, really encouraging. Thank you. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you both. So that was our wonderful chat with Matt. And I don't know about you, Luke, but I'm kind of buzzing like a bee. Oh, good. We're back on the bee puns. Yeah, I I agree. I really enjoyed that chat. I really enjoyed hearing about what Matt is doing, the great work that he's doing, um, but also a little bit about his personal journey and how he got there. So, Holly, what would be the thing that's got you most excited? I mean, aside from be like a bee, being part of a, a, a community or a bee colony is about being yourself, first of all, and knowing you. And that made me realise that we start from ourselves in order to build up a sustainable and loving community which in turn has this wide impact on the world and i think for me it's probably something similar i can often feel really overwhelmed by the hugeness of all of the world's problems and we're recording this on the day where the us is voting that it can feel so overwhelming with climate change looming over us and so the the kind of the bring it back down to the individual the personal level and saying you have power you have control you can bring about change for me i felt really empowered and encouraged that actually okay the big issues are still there but i can do something about it personally and individually that was the worldly well-being podcast with matt from gather by thanks for listening thanks see you next time bye <laughs>